Welcome to OK Sis Podcast. Hi, sisters. I'm Maddie. And I'm Scout. And we are sisters IRL. I'm the older one. Yes, Scout. We know. Here at OK Sis, we believe women are multifaceted. Which is why you can expect sisterly banter on a wide range of topics, such as pop culture, our entrepreneurial journeys, and mental health routines. We promise it'll be informative. And silly. As long as you don't get too loud, Mads. Welcome to the sisterhood. Hello and welcome back to OKSIS Podcast. My name is Madeline Rose Mayo. Hey everyone. Hi, I am Scout Sophia Sobel, the older sister to Mads, the co-host of this podcast. And we're so grateful that you're here. If you've been listening to OKSIS Podcast for the last like two months, you know Mads and I are on a personal development kick. We're on a mindset shift train. We're on a confidence building (laughs) mission and it literally popped into my life. I got connected with our host today, Nicole Khalil, via a past client of mine at OKSIS and a past OKSIS guest, Gina DeVee. And she's like, you got to talk to Nicole. I got on a call with her. She told me she's launching this incredible book called Validation is for Parking, all about confidence. And I had literally just gotten off a recording with Mads about how Mads was trying to build confidence. And I was like, this is perfect. Let's fucking do it. Let's fucking do it. So if you recently have been struggling with confidence or you're looking or you don't even know where to start or you didn't even know that you had it, you know, you wanted this, this is going to be something that you save. Like this is going to be an episode you download, save and listen to multiple times and refer back to like, that's how action packed and value packed it is. She is so stellar because you can listen to me and scout, you know, (laughs) talking circles about all these things we've been uncovering within ourselves. But when we have someone that's an expert, that's like done the research that has like science and facts behind these notions and these themes, it really is nice to bring on those people onto the podcast to round it all out, to make sure that you sisters are getting the exact resources you need to implement this into your life. Yeah. So she goes over exactly what Mad says, very research based insights that can help us understand why we're not confident and how to build confidence very specifically. So also sisters, you know, I've said this a million times, the best way to support women that you love their work and you find value in is to order their book. And next week, her book is literally launching on Tuesday on October 4th. So if you enjoyed this, we will leave a link to get her book. Validation is for parking in the show notes. You can get it on Amazon, Barnes and Noble. Nicole is a previously a fortune 100 C-suite executive, and she's helped thousands of women reclaim their confidence so they can live authentically, both personally and professionally. So as Mad says, this is a bookmark one. This is one you want to send to your friends. This is like the value packed shit that we podcast shit, for. So, yeah. oh yeah. So, uh, ladies and ladies, enjoy Nicole Khalil. Bye. Hello. 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 Hi. <laughs> hello. Ooh, you're all professionally set up. We love a professional queen. You should see the rest of my office. We moved in August. So it's like one of those, like this square area is all kind of put together. Yeah. And then the rest is like (laughs) total disaster, but you know, such is life. It's like the business on top, pajama on bottom kind of zoom situation. I feel it. Exactly where I'm at. Clothes wise as well. I have like my there it is. There it is. No one has to know. It's like that TikTok song. No one has to know. I love it. Except that we just told everybody. Everybody now knows. (laughs) The sisterhood is, you know, separate. I am all good. It's not like we're not all good. Oh, we are so excited to chat with you. Um, confidence has been something that we've been circulating around and kind of 
philosophizing about, if you will, on OK Sis podcast, I think for a long time, but most recently the theme has come up. So this is kind of the perfect time for you to come on. And I kind of just want to start with what is your relationship to confidence? And where did it, where did that, why was that like the thing you wanted to be like, oh, I'm going to dedicate my life to, <laughs> to this. Right. I think like for most people, it stemmed from my pain. Uh, I think a lot of times we find our mission, our purpose, our passion from the challenges or the really hard times in our lives. So for for me, from a period of time where I had absolutely no confidence. And one of the reasons I had no confidence is I had absolutely no clue what it was. I was working in the male-dominated field of finance in a Fortune 100 company and racking up professional successes left and right. And, and from the outside looking in, it looked like I had confidence. And to me, that was part of the pain was it felt very secretive. It felt very shameful that I, I didn't feel confident, but everybody assumed I was. And then on top of that, I was learning like so many women do. I was learning what it meant to be professional, successful, and confident, mostly from the masculine lens. Finance still is a very male-dominated field. 92% of business books are written by men. You know, so we just learn a lot as women about what it's supposed to look like, how it's supposed to show up from that lens. And I'm not saying that's bad. I'm just saying it's imbalanced. And so I had this realization at this point in my life where everything looked amazing where I just felt like screaming, I, I wish I had the confidence you think I have. And so I started researching, reading, observing, witnessing, like everything and anything I could get my hands on as it relates to confidence. And one of the things that is consistent about me is when I find something out that's really helpful, I want to share it. So that's what leads me here. <laughs> So you actually open your book, Validation is for Parking, with that story about how other girls were saying, I wish I was as confident as you are. And I think that if we're relating your experience in a male-dominated industry, that can also happen with Mads and me on social media, on podcasting. People see a very specific version of yourself and then that doesn't match internally. And it's very interesting that this conversation is happening today. Nicole and I connected on a call a couple weeks ago and I was like, we are literally talking about confidence like this week, which is perfect for your new book. But yesterday I was reading Carrie Soto is Back by Taylor Jenkins Reid and her manager says something about her and she says, wow, the world really thinks I'm a lot stronger than I am if they only knew the real me. And so there's like this disconnect maybe between what people see. And so how do we bridge those two gaps between the image that we are giving off and actually internally feeling confident? Yeah. Just before you answer that, I mean, I think this phenomenon of like the external and internal, I think really, really relates to what you're seeing here. Like I am a very loud, <laughs> expressive person, right? So my whole life, people assumed that I was like the most confident person. I walk into a room, it's I pretty much command it just because I have this like just big energy. But there is this disconnect that's internal. Even like my our stepmom the other day was like, oh my God, you're posting all these, you know, day in the life videos and you seem so, you know, confident in your body and you look so great and you're so happy. And I literally was like, oh, it's all bullshit. 
like, but it's not, it's not completely, yeah. but I was kind of being down on myself in that moment, but I was like, oh no, no, no. Like that's not how I feel actually though. And so yeah, talk about that, that bridge. Well, so I'm going to take that in two parts. The first part, which is what I call the confidence con. It's this confusion we all have about confidence and things like advertising, social media, you know, when we witness everybody's best moments and compare them to our everyday behind the scenes lives and inevitably fall short as we all would. Um, I think that is really problematic in us recognizing and building our confidence because we're trying to build something that isn't actually confidence. Now, let me be clear, you know, being on social media isn't bad. Sharing your achievements, putting yourself out there, being extroverted, having success, being happy, weighing a certain size, all of those things are fine. There's nothing wrong with them. Feeling there's, it's just not confidence. And we've taken the word confidence and made it a catch-all word, right? We throw it around when we mean something else entirely. And so the confidence con is this false equation that I talk about. It's if X happens, then I'll feel confident. And you can fill in X with whatever you want. If I get a certain amount of followers on social media, then I'll feel confident. If I make a certain level of income, then I'll feel confident. If I fit into a certain size, then I'll like, you get the idea. The reason that's problematic is we're assigning our confidence to something external, something outside of ourselves. And it's like this weird life game of where's Waldo? Like we're running around trying to figure out who and what has our confidence so we can go get it. That is not confidence. Confidence is an internal thing, which brings me, I think, to the second part of like, how do we actually connect to our confidence? First, I have a belief that it's there inside all of us all the time. The question isn't, do you have confidence? It's, are you connected to your confidence? And how connected are you to it? I think for us as women, especially, there has been a separation that happens through our upbringing, through societal expectations, gender expectations, and all of that, that serves to separate us. And so our opportunity, and, and I can share some how-tos, but our opportunity is how do we build it internally? How do we reconnect to it? How do we listen to that inner voice and begin to trust it in the face of all the noise and all the stuff we're seeing and all the comparison and, and all that fun stuff? <laughs> Yeah. I mean, and I, I definitely had that misconception that I thought confidence was something like you were born with kind of like a set level of it. Whereas it's actually not an innate quality. It's something that we continuously can build upon and can increase. And when you, when you realize that it's pretty liberating because you're like, oh, wow, great. I can tap into that whenever I want. And I heard this really amazing metaphor on the reset podcast. I think she had gotten it from a, like a book about confidence. So maybe, you know, it as well, where, you look at confidence like a bank account and you're constantly putting deposits, daily deposits into that bank account. And if you deplete your bank account, you're going to look elsewhere for other people to make deposits. And that is where kind of like what you were just saying, where it's just, you're looking for that external validation to increase the confidence, whereas everything needs to come from yourself. And you could be doing that through meditation, gratitude, you know, these amazing wellness practices and, or, you know, I've started to implement writing three things I'm proud of every single night just to, and at first it yeah. felt silly and it was like, oh, like I have to do this thing, but it really makes you reflect like, oh, wow, what did I do today? Oh, wow. Like 
I did that, right? And there's this amazing moment. Yeah. But yeah, so talk to us a bit about your tangible yeah, things. Yeah. Like how did you go from, oh, whoa, there's a disconnect and people are seeing me and I'm actually not confident internally to becoming confident internally? What was your personal journey like? Yeah. So, you know, like I, I read, researched, you know, all the things that I could get my hands on, on confidence. I started testing some things out in my life. I happened to work with a lot of women because of the role that I was in. A lot of women would reach out to me and want to pick my brain and things like that. And so it was a collection of things and, and it's just like anything I practiced, right? But so much of what you were saying, Maddie, is accurate because what I want, I'll tell you five really big confidence builders, but what I want to start by saying is what confidence is. If it's not all the other things that we just talked about, what is it? I went to the etymology of the word confidence, like the root. And then I looked at how it translated in all different languages Confidence simply defined is trust, firm and bold trust in self. So if we think about that banking analogy. Oh yeah, that's good. The deposits we put in, the writing three things we're proud of, what we're doing is we're building internal trust. And if we're not focused on doing that, you're right. The bank account's going to be depleted. And then we're going to look out there. Does somebody else trust me? Does somebody else, you know, think I'm worthy? Does somebody else think I have value? because our trust has been depleted. So the best way to think about how we build confidence is to think about how we build trust. Like how do you build trust with each other? How do you build trust with the people in your life? How do they build trust with you? Therein lies some of the answers of how we would build trust internally. So like keeping our commitments. We trust people more who do what they say they're gonna do. We trust people less who don't. Things like communicating healthy boundaries, having your no be a no and your yes be a yes, being your own hype person, standing up for yourself, using your voice. All of those things are things that build trust that we can do with ourselves, for ourselves that will work every time. So those aren't even the five confidence builders, but I, I wanted to give you that baseline definition of confidence so that we understand what it is we're actually talking about. So sometimes people are like, well, does that, that build confidence? And I'm like, well, does it build internal trust? Because if it does, then yes. And if it doesn't, then no. It's so interesting to me, the idea of confidence, because as you're saying this, I'm, I'm just reflecting on my own journey with it and it hasn't. And I think this is actually a big gift for me specifically because I have a really, really strong trust muscle within myself. I consider myself a confident person. Does that mean that I don't have moments of insecurity? Of course, I have those moments and I cry and I don't feel like I'm as good as other people or whatever. But generally, like 90% of the time, I actually do believe I'm a really confident person. But I'm trying to root back as to why that is and why maybe Maddie has struggled with confidence a little bit more. And it's because I'm starting to realize, Maddie, tell me if this resonates with you, is that you were thrown into the world of external achievement from a very young age. So you were about the 4.0, you were about the college, you were about the this, you were about the that. I had the bipolar disorder that tore me down and took me out of the external world of achievement. And so I didn't trust that I could fight the demon in my mind, but the demon in my mind wasn't me right? So it was something attacking me. And then once I figured it out, then I was back to my baseline and I never had any 
like preconceived relationship with external success because I was a fucking college dropout. I was 5150. Like I was, you know, on paper a hot mess. So there was no need for external validation for me. It was all like, can I be good inside? And so that was my work early on where you went through a path of always getting the external validation. And placing a lot of high value on that. Yeah. I was like, I don't give a fuck what anybody yeah. thinks. I'm, I'm, I don't give a shit about my GPA. I don't give a shit, you know? Okay. So the lesson here is that we, um, if it's half bipolar disorder and then you'll be confident. <laughs> that's what the, that's what we're learning here. No, but it's interesting. It's yeah. interesting to see how our different battles, obviously my battle created different problems for me, but her battles created this problem for her that I think obviously your book leans towards, not leans towards, is about women and confidence that a lot of women in our society are being funneled through right. that problem. Well, Scout, it's interesting that you bring that up because in some of my research, now this is not a universal truth that can go either way, but one of the interesting things about people who trust themselves earlier in life or to a deeper, more meaningful degree one of the things that they often have in common is they had a big challenge or loss earlier on in life. And so they had to learn the skill of trusting themselves earlier. And sometimes they got the resources and the support in order to do that at an earlier age than the rest of us might. So like if somebody had a loss of a parent at a young age or um, an illness or mental condition or things like that. Now, I'm not saying that always serves to make people more confident. But that is an opportunity where sometimes people get those tools and develop those skills at an earlier age than those of us who don't face those big like life level challenges. Okay. I want to get into the five tangible things because selfishly, Maddie's like, give him to yeah, me. <laughs> sel I mean, selfishly, I'm about to go raise money for the first time ever. I have a tech company and I'm about to raise my pre-seed round. And a like, it's so funny because I'm making the deck, I'm doing everything. Like the work itself, like the actual content and the stuff is fine. Like that doesn't seem hard to me. It's this mental and emotional, like confidence block that I'm just, I'm like, that yeah. is what I need to work on to be able to go into these meetings and be like, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't care if you want my money or not. Like, like, you know, whatever. And that's like, and I feel, especially since it's a male dominated industry, I'm trying to figure out what that looks like to be authentic to me, but also like, you know, I need to be able to step into those rooms and like speak the language and be with the men. And so it's right. very out of my comfort zone. So I want to, and I'm sure the five things will kind of relate to this, but just so you know where I'm at, like, this is very pertinent to the point of my life. Yeah. Oh, I love when the universe just brings the right thing at the right time. Are you okay if I share the five confidence derailers and then their antidotes to the builders? Because yeah. I think what happens, I can share the builders and they will always work all the time. But what often happens is if you're not aware of the things that are chipping away, doing damage and destroying your confidence, you end up feeling like you're on this confidence hamster wheel where you're working really hard, but not making as much progress as you'd want. One of the most surprising side effects of postpartum for me was that my hair started shedding right around the crown of my head. Now I have these random baby hairs sticking out near my forehead that I just can't figure out what to do with. Yeah, I keep asking you to tame those down, but they seem to be very stubborn. Yes, I know, Mads. 
after a few months of me not seeing improved hair growth, I knew I needed to give my hair some extra strength and support. Enter Nutrafol. I just got the Nutrafol's postpartum supplement and I'm so excited because I'm committed to supporting my hair health now that I'm postpartum. The next six months is going to be me and Nutrafol. I might not be a mother like Scoutala is, but as you sisters know, we are always on a hair journey here on OK Sister Podcast. I am always looking for a way to up my hair health game. I love Nutrafol because they have a whole body approach, multi-targets, underlying root causes like stress, hormone fluctuations, and nutrient gaps for visibly thicker and stronger hair. While many supplements rely solely on ingredient studies, Nutrafol clinically tests final formulations to ensure their efficacy. In a clinical study, 86% of women reported improved hair growth after taking Nutrafol women's hair growth supplements for six months. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with less shedding. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code OKSIS. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com promo code OKSIS. That's Nutrafol.com promo code OKSIS. Sisters, my goal these days is to always look put together when I leave the house. Nothing over the top or super dressed up or anything like that. I just want to look put together and feel good about what I'm wearing in an effortless yet refined way. When I look at my closet every single morning and think about what I can wear that is chic and intentional, I usually end up grabbing one of my Jenny Kane sweaters and I always end up loving the way I look and the way I feel in them. You all know, sisters, that when I envision my highest self, I am wearing Jenny Kane. Their sweaters are the quintessential must-have item. I cannot stop wearing my Marina set. I throw it on and immediately feel like I'm in a Nancy Myers movie, like I could just walk on the beach in Santa Barbara. It is the coastal grandma aesthetic. My favorite Jenny Kane sweater right now is their everyday sweater in taupe. This is the definition of a staple that every woman must have in their wardrobe. Sisters, trust me on this one. I wear it with leggings, oversized jeans, and a little kitten heel or a silk maxi skirt. Legit, Mads and I are so obsessed with wearing our Johnny Kane sweaters that we've literally shown up both wearing the same sweater once. The white alpaca cocoon crew neck, which is this deliciously oversized sweater. Yeah, that moment takes the cake. Both of us walking in with our matching Jenny Kane sweaters. We're obsessed. Can't take them off. Wearing them every day. The type of staples that save your outfit. That is what I love about their entire collection. It is truly the art of simplicity. They focus on comfort, quality, and timeless designs. You can curate a wardrobe that never goes out of style. Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Our listeners get 15% off your first order when you use code OKSIS at checkout. That's 15% off your first order, J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com, promo code OKSIS. O-K-A-Y-S-I-S. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. So 
the first confidence derailer that does damage and destroys our confidence. And this, and this has a little bit of a gender component. This impacts women at a far greater rate than our male counterparts is perfectionism. This idea that we're supposed to do it all, have it all, be it all, and look good while doing it. We're supposed to have all the answers. We're supposed to have all of our ducks in a row, and it's supposed to be effortless. So I've heard it said that perfectionism is the enemy of confidence, and I couldn't agree more. It's um, doing so much damage because at the end of the day, it's unachievable. It's an impossibility. We're setting ourselves up to fall short because we know nobody's perfect. And the antidote, the confidence builder, if, if you're a perfectionist, like I'm a recovering perfectionist. So the antidote that I have to leverage the most is one nobody wants to hear. And it took me a really long time to actually accept that this is in fact a confidence builder. It's failure. Failure is a confidence builder. Now I'm using failure because it's a big word that has a lot of charge, but you could replace failure with fear, doubt, loss, mistakes, messiness, whatever you want to call it. If you want to build confidence, you have to fail, get messy, make mistakes. Here's why. Remember, confidence is about trust. So it's super easy to trust ourselves when everything's going according to plan. It's super easy to trust ourselves when we're winning and racking up the achievements and the results. Where deep, meaningful, lasting confidence gets built is during those tough, not so wonderful moments. So here's what I'll tell you. No matter how much I know that failure builds confidence, it doesn't suck any less when I'm in it, right? Like it still is awful. A couple of things to think about is number one, failure is neutral. I know it doesn't feel neutral, but it's a neutral event that we are bringing meaning to. How do we know that? Because we could take the exact same event, line up 10 people, and they would perceive that same event in 10 different ways. So if we're the ones bringing meaning to the event, then we have the opportunity and option to bring a more productive and more empowered meaning. So it's a lesson. It's a learning opportunity. It's a gift. It's a one door closes so other doors can open. It's a redirect. Whatever you want to frame it as, we have the opportunity to look at that same event and uh, make up a better story, right? Like make up something that actually works for us. I like viewing it as temporary because I think yes. when you're in it, it feels like this has been going on for the whole your whole life and you, you know, you make it so much bigger than it is. And it goes back to that trust. If you just were like, oh, hey, I was in this position before and I got better. And it's a remembering that it's just a temporary thing. Also, one other thing. This is such a spiritual concept. I need to put in my bio, recovering perfectionist. That is like the best title I've ever heard. Okay, sorry, Scout. <laughs> this is like the most, we have like four more to go, but this is such a spiritual concept. Like they say faith isn't faith until shit hits the fan. Like if you can have faith when all your manifestations are coming through, but when they're not, you have to, yeah. and you don't have faith, like you don't, your, your faith isn't strong, right? Okay, keep going. It's so good. Yeah. So confidence isn't the absence of fear and doubt. It's choosing to trust yourself in the face of it. And, and again, trusting ourselves doesn't mean we know or we have all the answers or whatever. It's like, it's just, I'll figure it out. I'll get through this. Um, Maddie, you said this, and I just want to reiterate. One of the things I tell myself when I'm in the mo moment of failure or mistake is the only thing that's missing for me right now is hindsight. 
The only thing that I don't have yet is the ability to look back and see how this served me, how this bettered me, how this, you know. Amen. So. I always say, I can't wait to figure out why the fuck this is happening to me because when I figure it out, it's going to be crystal clear. I'm going to be so happy it happened to me. And that's what Scout, like the other, like last month I was in a deep, deep, something was going on. We don't know what it was. And Scout was like, I'm so excited for the person you're going to be on the other side of this. And I was like, I was like, whoa, right. That's right. I will get out. Like it's this. Yeah. You just don't. When you're in it, it's so hard to feel like you're going to get out. Yeah. But not just that you're going to get out. You're going to get out with like juicy wisdom and lessons and a new perspective and a strength. And like, not, not just, I wasn't just excited to meet the person when this lifts, like, oh, I'm just ready to get back to the other mads. I'm excited to meet the mads who's different because she went through this. That's the point. Oh, thank God for sisters, because that's what we really should be telling ourselves in those moments. It's just really hard. So you hear that, Maddie? Thank God. Thank Thank God God for sisters. sisters. Okay, keep going. Keep going, Nicole. (laughs) Okay. So the second confidence derailer and its antidote, um, the derailer is what I call head trash. You might have heard it called your inner critic or negative thoughts. I call it head trash because I want it to sound as disgusting as it is. The voice we all have in our own minds that say things that are never kind and very rarely true, like they're not based in fact. It's things that we would never say to somebody that we love. Ultimately, there's a meme that I I like that says, we spend the bulk of our lives inside our own minds. We might as well make it a nice place to be. And that's, I think, the opportunity for all of us is you had mentioned like, you know, going into the technology space, there's going to be head trash. It's like, you're not used to working in this male dominated field or you don't have all the answers or whatever. And and it's normal, but it's not all based in fact. And you, unless you would say it to scout or somebody that you love, you, you shouldn't be saying it to yourself because first and foremost, you should be somebody you love. So the antidote to head trash is giving yourself grace on the journey. So that's sort of a two-parter one understanding that confidence will only ever always be a journey. Nobody arrives at confidence, plants a flag and is like, Whoa, I'm done right? That'd be nice, but it's always going to be a journey. And that's why it's necessary that we speak kindly to ourselves, that we give ourselves grace, the same grace we would anyone that we love. And the simplest form of this, I do this often when my head trash starts kicking up is I just repeat gentle, gentle, gentle to myself until I can sort of back up and, and, and be a little bit more loving. This is exactly, we've been talking about this specifically for the past couple episodes because we both have been reading You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay. And that's basically the whole book is this switch from this negative, intense self-talk to an acceptance and an approval of yourself. And the, the biggest thing that I've learned from this book was you have the ability to change your thoughts. Like, I think we don't, think we have that ability, which is very interesting. But like even a shame spiral will happen. I'm like, oh wait, I I don't have to think about that. Like I can literally choose to just like let that go. And it's it's tricky. Obviously there are times where it sticks, but there is this beautiful release that's like, oh wow, right. Like I I can think really beautiful things about myself and that and again, the repetition of it. So the practice, the journey of it, the constant monitoring of the thoughts. I mean, Scout and I have been doing this practice 
so diligently for the past couple of weeks. And there was a moment even the other day where I was like, oh, I don't want to, like, I don't want to like monitor my, you know what I mean? I was like, oh, it's so annoying. But I was like, no, that's, no, I have to keep doing this work because my whole life I've conditioned my brain to think negatively about myself. So now I need to do my whole other, my rest of my life, like conditioning yeah. it the other way. Right. So it, totally. it's, a, it's a practice. And it becomes so much easier. I love the head trash. Yeah. Cause it's been, for me, it's been something I've been working on probably for the last four years when I decided that the narrative I was telling myself about my mental illness was keeping me in my mental illness. And it was a choice that I was making via my narrative. So I started looking at all my limiting beliefs. And so head trash for me, I call it limiting beliefs. And so then I say that I'm limiting myself or they're like false, like not true narratives that I'm telling myself. For me now, like it happened this morning. I was like, it doesn't mean anything. Like head head trash doesn't mean anything. It doesn't, it's not true. So when it comes up, you can be like, oh, got to, you know, got to take the trash out real yeah, quick me, and replace it with <laughs> some flowers. Trash out. Oh my gosh. I have a full trash analogy because everything I learned about head trash, I've learned from regular trash, but I'll give you one thing. <laughs> when it's hot out, your trash gets disgusting, right? Yeah. Like it's gross, like maggots and the whole deal, right? Same thing is true in your life. When it's hot out, meaning you're under pressure, under stress, overwhelmed, your head trash is going to get disgusting too. And it's going to be that much more important that you take it out on a much more frequent basis. You got to handle it more when it gets hot, even though we don't want to. I know you are big books and quote people. So I'll give you one that I love in this space. You can't prevent a bird from flying over your head, but you can prevent it from building a nest in your hair. And so that's with mm. head trash. You can't prevent the negative thought from flying in. At least I haven't figured out how to, but you can prevent it from taking up space and, and living there basically. Oh, I love that. That's a good one. I also lately have been mindful about not assigning meaning to certain thoughts or feelings. So like, cause I don't want this all to come off that it's not okay to have negative thought, as you just said. Like it, it is okay and it is fine to feel your feelings, like and to feel sad. And I think for yes. when I've been doing this work, I'm like, oh no, I'm I'm feeling sad. Let me change everything. But that's not really what it is. It's like, okay, that that's happening, and and it. I don't have like to meditation. assign. Yeah, it's what meditation. You know, you see the thought and then you let right. it. Right. It's like okay. That's a thought. That's a feeling. It is what it is. And that's all. Like, I don't need to assign this insane meaning to it of I'm not good enough. I'm not smart. What? Blah, 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 all that stuff. Yeah. Whereas you can just feel it. And that's, that's it. Like, it's really, again, it's very hard, but it is a beautiful like switch in your brain when you can do that. Yeah. Okay. Let her go to number three. I want to hear oh, number sorry. three. Well, okay. And let, <laughs> let me just quickly say to you, I'm with you. We need to experience our experiences and feel our feelings because when we shove them aside, we break trust with ourselves. We're basically saying right. this feeling is bad and it's wrong. And, and, and that serves to disconnect us from our trust. So I always say, you know, it's okay to feel your feelings. They just shouldn't, it's okay to have your feelings. They just shouldn't have you, mm. right? You're, you're still in uh, charge. That's a good one. Oh my God, we're gonna have a uh, whole a we're one. gonna have a whole quote wall after this episode. We have a whole. I'm a, I'm a quote junkie. They're everywhere. <laughs> we should do we should do on our Instagram when this episode comes out, like just a a thing of all the quotes that we said. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay, three. The third confidence derailer we already talked about: comparison and judgment. So it's this thing we all do where we compare ourselves to somebody else, and we either fall short or we come out ahead. 
And the reason this is damaging to our confidence is because confidence is not having to compare yourself to anyone at all. This is just about trusting yourself. We talked about this already. The other thing that's problematic is we're never comparing the same things. We're comparing highlight reels to behind the scenes moments, right? And one universal truth about judgment, whether it's judgment of ourselves or judgment of others, is it always gives more insight into the person doing the judging than it does the person being judged. Because what it does is it tells us how the person doing the judging sees the world, what they value, their beliefs, their perspectives. And so when we are in comparison and, and having judgment, we're chipping away at our confidence because we're the ones doing the comparison and, and the judging. The antidote to judgment and comparison is choosing confidence. Now, this might sound oversimplified, but I think a lot of us think confidence is a feeling that we either have or we don't, or like you said, it's something we're born with or born without. Confidence is a skill and a choice. And because it's a choice, it's something we can choose literally anytime we want. There's an expression in the you know business world, fake it till you make it. Basically, what we're telling people to do is be inauthentic until they succeed. That's like not confidence building work here. So I've replaced that with choose it until you become it. Choose confidence over and over and over until the feeling catches up, until you become confident. So when you're comparing yourself with somebody and you're like, why am I not as far ahead as this person? Or why am I not vacationing in Bali like this person? It's nope. I'm going to choose trust. I'm going to choose to trust myself this second, the next second, next moment, over and over and over until the feeling catches up. So it, it's really stopping and shifting the focus back internally versus externally. That's also something that people don't talk about is that we feel as if we, when we choose the positive thought or we choose confidence or we choose the other way, if we don't feel it in that second, we think it's not working and then we just go back. So like, for me, I, I always choose it and it doesn't matter if I feel it in that moment. It's just the choice and I'm going to continue to do it over and over until it catches up. Like positive affirmations take hundreds of times to say to yourself before you actually believe it. I mean, I had to tell myself that I was safe in my emotions 500 times a day for like three months. It was written all over everywhere I could see before I actually started to, to believe it. And I think that's where some of us go wrong or that's where I went wrong in the beginning. I was like, wait a minute. If it's just as easy as a choice, why don't I feel it right now when I make that choice? Yeah. But that's not the point. The point is that you just continue to make the choice and then eventually the choice catches up with you. You sisters know that my skin has been glowing lately. And I'm here to tell you my secret. Oak Essentials. You've heard us talk about their line of luxurious products before, and we're so excited to have them as a sponsor of OK Sister Podcast because now you can join in on the glowy goodness. You know Oak Essentials is legit because it was created by none other than our favorite brand ever, Jenny Kane. Oak Essentials is known for its simple approach to self-care with a lineup of foundational skincare staples made with high-quality ingredients that drive results. It aims to unlock healthy, glowing skin with decadent and hydrating ingredients that give you a luxe, dewy glow. I won't shut 
up about the Moisture Rich Balm. It's a nutrient-rich balm that supports collagen production and delivers serious hydration for a luminous glow. And a luminous glow indeed. The way my skin feels like butter after applying this balm. This balm will make you never want to wear makeup again. And you can apply generously during your night routine to lock in moisture as you dream. It's the definition of beauty sleep. Treat yourself or someone else this season. You sisters will get 15% off and a free organic honey-based restorative mask with their first order. Oh my God, what a deal. When you use code OKSIS15 at checkout. That's right. 15% off plus a gift with your first order at O-A-K-E-S-S-E-N-T-I-A-L-S.com. Promo code OKSIS15, OKAYSIS15. Go ahead and treat yourself. From luxurious skincare to meaningful self care, you deserve it. It's repetition. I mean, I remember I had a lot of, I struggled a lot with feeling success and what success meant. I attributed it a lot to, you know, external and future goals. And Scout gave me a affirmation that was, I am successful today. And I, every day I write it every day. I've been writing it for years and only now did it finally sink in, right? But it's like that is the that it that's it. Like you need yeah. to continue, and it's the repetition. It reminds me a lot also of um, in Atomic Habits. Uh, he talks about like identity based uh, habits or thing, and that kind of reminds me of like you need to believe that you are a confident person. Like it's like I am confident. I am choosing this. Like I am a person who is confident, and if you just. Yeah. Write that down and say it to yourself. Again, it won't feel, it'll feel really fucking silly. Like it does every time, but then it cultivates. Like it just, you start to act from that place. Yeah. I mean, we literally are training our brains, but I'm so happy that you said that because I I agree with you completely. I've never felt confident in the moment I choose it. I just am choosing it because, you know, I know at some point in time, the skill will be built and the feeling will catch up. But it isn't a, ch- a chicken or the egg conversation. It's not confusing which one comes first. The choice comes first. Feeling catches up. Mm, that's good. Okay, number okay, four. Number four. Number four. Overthinking is derailer. So thinking is not oh, a hello. Hello. <laughs> oh my recovering God, the recovering overthinking. overthinker. Recovering overthinker. Yeah. 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 Oy, yeah. Oy, oy, um, oy. Me too. I'm perfectionist overthinker, one, two combo. It's like, you know, my I'm an default. overthinker. I have to like touch base with people and be like, am I out of reality now? Am I, am I gone? Am, am, I, gone? am I not here? Am I, yeah. Yeah, am yeah, I yeah. too far out? Yeah. Okay. Let's go talk about this. Okay. This is good. Overthinking. I want to be really clear, by the way, thinking isn't a problem. Researching isn't a problem. You know, doing your due diligence isn't a problem. It's the over part that's problematic. And and, and the reason it's problematic is because overthinking leads to inaction and inaction leads to regrets. So if you talk to the most successful or most confident or people at the end stages of their life and you ask them about their biggest regrets, they will almost always tell you about the things they didn't do, not the things that they did. And so what's problematic about overthinking is we get stuck. We're not stepping in the direction of our goals. We're not doing anything towards what really matters or what we really want. And for a lot of women overthinkers, we're like, okay, but how do I know when I'm overthinking? Like, where's the line? 
there is actually research and study done on this. It was done first in the military and then in business. The answer is you want to take action when you have somewhere between 40 to 70% of the information, research, data, questions answered that you need in order to do the thing. If you go past 70%, where most women want to be at 100%, you create a too late for a meaningful action situation. So it's not like you can't do something. It's just you've pushed too far past. Now, sometimes people will be like, wait, but I really need 100%. This is a big deal. Like I'm putting my career at risk here. I want you to remember that I said this study was done first in the military. 40 to 70% when lives are at stake, that's the appropriate time to get into action. So let me just pause. I'll give you the antidote in a second, but I know overthinking was a big one. You both had a very strong reaction. So I just want to check in. What are your thoughts? Yeah. So that's not my overthinking problem. Not at all. I go based off 25% of the fucking information. I just go. I don't think. I actually don't think. My I overthink in crisis. So if there's a fire at work, if there's something stressful with a client, if I don't feel like my work, the work that my business is doing is perfect, I start overthinking and then I go crazy and then I want to jump into action and then I overthink so much to the point where I'll ask my team, like my director, I'm like, Hey, am I, am I spire? It's catastrophic thinking. My overthinking is catastrophic thinking. That's where I struggle with overthinking. Whereas I think I am what you were talking about, Nicole, because I, and I've, I've yeah. worked a lot. I've worked to undo a lot of that. Cause we talk a lot about the origin of this podcast. Uh, Scout has always been notoriously has always been the person where it's like, I have an idea and a project. We're going to jump off the cliff. And if there's a parachute, there's a parachute. Like, and I'm the, let me make sure the safety belt's on. Let me double check, da, da, da. And it has stalled me a lot in my early 20s of starting things. And, you know, I would I would overthink to that degree. And then with this podcast, I was forced <laughs> with the help of Scout to to get over that and be like, okay, we've, we've done the, the research. We figured out how to make a podcast. We're going to do it. That's it. Like it, that's it. So yeah. I've taken that mentality a lot into the business I'm building right now. And to like, you know, I started a YouTube channel. I do this and it's all of these things where I don't really, yeah, I don't really like prepare as much as, as I used to. And it has helped so much with the action and the execution part of things. Yeah. I find I do my best work when I come in slightly underprepared. It's it just yeah. consistent. Um, but Scout, I do want to go back to what you said because it's interesting to me. I think what I'm hearing you say is when there's chaos or crisis, you might like, instead of being in that 40 to 70% range, you may drop on the other side where you're like making decisions, getting yeah. in action. I overcompensate. So my you know, Maddie's confidence might come from external validation in much more like success metrics. Mine come from people thinking that I'm a good person and that I did a good job, but that's also very tied to my survival because I run a client-based business. So if a client's not happy with me, my survival gets threatened. Yeah. Catastrophizing, right? Like if one client's not, it's, I mean, it's like a normal thing. That's where my perfectionism comes in. It's in people pleasing and people thinking I'm the best. Yeah. I want them to think I'm the best. And so if I sense that there's something wrong or my team didn't fully deliver on something and I feel like the client might talk to us about it, I go into the overthinking and I over deliver and overcompensate so that they can be happy with my work. 
So it's interesting. There's an um, assessment that I was, you know, used in my former career, and, and it's really incredible. And, and it basically shows your natural tendencies and preferences and things like that. But if you think about it as a chart, it would say this is how you operate under normal circumstances, but it, under stress or overwhelm or chaos, you go opposite. And it's like a little hurricane that shows up on the, and I, I almost wonder, because you said you demonstrate as very confident, you had to do the work at an early age, you you know aren't so much of a perfectionist. I wonder if under stress, it's this hurricane thing that happens that like has you default to almost the opposite of the way you show up regularly in your everyday life. It's a very good thing you just said, and I've never realized this about myself, so we're going to have a breakthrough real quick on OKSIS podcast. When my bipolar flared up, I was afraid that my life was going to go away. I was afraid that it was going to ruin my life. I was afraid that I was going to go down. I was afraid that I wasn't going to be able to function. I was afraid that everything I had even somewhat worked for was going to be taken from me. I felt as if it had the power to take my life from me. And so I've substituted that with when a client is unhappy, I feel like my business is going to be taken from me. And if my business is taken from me, my life and my dreams are taken from me. And that exact, this is like fucking crazy about being a human. It's like, it doesn't matter what you do and how long you do this, you just realize things. That exact, like I've always been, when the survival note is hit for me, it's hit hard. And it's hit like, like I act like it's a life or death situation. And it's served me in many ways. I, you know, scaled my business really quickly and, you know, et cetera. But at some point it sucks to be in survival mode when you don't need to be. Well, and I think you just shared, well, thank you for sharing that and being so transparent and vulnerable. And I think you shared something that we have in common a lot as, especially as women is our strength. We over rotated on so much on it, so much taken too far and flipping on us and becoming a weakness in some, or an opportunity or whatever. But we all have these internal experiences and beliefs that we're, I just think we're just going to be working on them for the rest of our lives. And luckily because we work on them, we work on them in bigger and better and more impactful situations, but it's a default at some point because it was such an important and impactful time in your life. Of course, it would come back up for you. I'm going to have to journal after this. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, wait. So what is, what is the tip for overthinking? Action. Action is the antidote to overthinking. So you know, break it down into little action steps, take one step towards something that matters, take a little risk, whatever, just get into action. You can't be in action and overthinking at the same time. So it just breaks that up for you. I saw this quote that was great. Someone said on Twitter, which I don't like Twitter, but this was a good quote. For someone who doesn't like Twitter, you're on it (laughs) an awful lot. Every episode I saw on Twitter. I know because I'm trying to be better at it for the tech stuff. And it's, it's a lot of triggers to the confidence, but we're persevering and choosing confidence regardless. It was by Sahil Bloom. He said, 
we overvalue what we can do in a day and we undervalue what we can do in a year. And it's so true because every day you're like, oh, look at all the tassels. Oh, look at all of what I could do. I'm going to move mountains today, right? And then again, it's kind of like the setting yourself up for failure, right? You're like, oh shit, I didn't do any of that, right? So I keep coming back to that space of like, if I just take like one like baby, baby step. And I'm talking like the most micro step and that's all I do today. That is success because you're going to build on it, build on, build on it. And that's what becomes the year's worth of work that like is a compound interest of action. And yeah, I think about that a lot because I think we think in a day or a week in those small times, we're like, Oh, we're going to get so much done. And then we, we, you know, we set ourselves up for failure in that way. You all are hitting on so many important things that I hear from so many women. I think sometimes women don't get into action because they think it has to be deep, big, meaningful action. Like, you know, I gotta do this. I've got to climb Mount Everest in one day. And it's like, you know, for some people in some situations, the action might be just getting out of it. Yeah. It might be just brushing your teeth that day. It might be just calling that one person. It's not for me to decide what the action is. I mean, I worked with somebody and she's like, you know, I would be so better served if I drank more water in a day. She's like, that's so stupid. I'm like, that's not stupid. That is amazing. You're literally talking about what your body needs. Let's take that action step. How do we get you to drink more water in a day? So we like, you know, I think we minimize so often our actions. Yeah. It's often the smaller things, right? Like it's often those like little things and you're like, oh yeah, I could drink more water, but you, but you don't. So it's like, you really do need to create that action plan and be disciplined. But that's also something we've been talking a lot about is this sense of discipline. And again, showing up for yourself time and time again, no matter if you don't want to fucking do it. It's just like, even, you know, I've been, I've tasked myself with meditating twice a day and going on a walk once a day. These are things where like, you're like, oh yeah, I could do it. But it's, it takes discipline. It takes a lot of mental energy to actually stop what you're doing and do the thing. And I used to like, just ignore it. It was like in my calendar. I would just ignore it every day. But I've made that discipline and that choice to be like, no, 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 we're not going to skip it. It also becomes easier as you do it. It becomes maintenance. Like yes. at this point, my routines, my rituals, my showing up for myself, my discipline, it's it's maintenance. It's all on autopilot at this point. But in the beginning, there's a lot of fucking resistance to it. Okay, I wanna be I wanna be mindful of your time because we have ten minutes left until the hour is up, but we have two more. Yeah, let's do the fifth, the fifth one. Okay, so the fifth one we've actually talked about quite a bit already. So um the confidence derailer is seeking confidence externally. So looking outside of ourselves to someone or something to bring us confidence, and that can be in the form of compliments, validation. We talked about a bunch of others. The antidote is building it internally. So, you know, keeping your commitments. I want to say to you guys, keep bringing up such incredible points. If in doubt, start small. Don't start with the biggest, scariest commitment. Because again, what we're trying to do is build trust. I'd rather you start with a small commitment that you can deliver on and feel proud of yourself and like, be like, I did it. Oh, if I did that, I can do this one other thing. I think sometimes we go too big. So like, I hate working out. I only run if something's chasing me. I'm, <laughs> I wish I loved it. I call myself a reluctant Peloton rider. I do it mainly out of commitment and confidence and trust in myself, right? Cause I want to take care of myself and prioritize myself. But when I started with the Peloton. I didn't go, I'm going to work out every single day. 
It was like, I am going to do one thing three times a week. And in a lot of situations, I would convince myself, like, I'm just going to get on the bike for five minutes. I'll sign up for a 20 minute class, but I'm going to get on the bike for five minutes. And if I do that, then I've delivered on my commitment. Inevitably, once I got on and I was five minutes in, I'd stay on. But my point was, I started small and I let myself deliver on my commitments. And then I built from there. And I still don't enjoy it, by the way, but (laughs) I trust myself. Yeah, to do it. that's the only way I could get like a consistent workout routine is because I'd be like, oh, Mads, I would go with Mads to these insane hour things and I'd be so fucking destroyed that I obviously didn't go back the next day. So I started doing Melissa Wood because she has eight minute things. She has 10 minute things. And literally the minute I started doing like the 10 minute stuff, I actually like for months had a very consistent workout routine when I wasn't able to do it my whole life now I'm pregnant and don't even fucking ask me to do anything. (laughs) But, um, well, that's how I also see, you know, so when I have like low motivation or I'm like, I'm procrastinating on something, I put on a 25 minute timer and something in my brain just fucking changes. Like, cause I'm like, Oh, I only get to work for 25 minutes. Like, that's great. And the minute the timer goes off, I keep work like it's like I'm in the flow state. It's done, but it's like a trick. It's like it's like a, oh, I only have 25 minutes. We like I'll have our insane tricks. Mine is I'll have my to do list and I'll go and write something I already did. That's right. stupid. Oh, for sure, for sure. Just so I can cross it off, so I can get that endorphin rush of crossing it off, and then I want to cross off another thing. Like we all have our Little our tricks. tricks. It doesn't matter how you trick yourself into keeping your commitments or doing what's best for yourself or moving towards your goal or honoring yourself or standing, it just matters that you do it. Yeah. And like, I'll talk about the standing up first or speaking up for yourself. I think a lot of times we think we need to have the perfect word, say it right, do the right thing. Um, the evidence would show as it relates to confidence, it doesn't matter what you do or say, it just matters that you do it. Even if doing it is walking out of the room, sitting there and taking it, that will do damage to your confidence. Mm, I love that. Mm, Wait, so did we go, did we so do good. the antidote to that or? Yeah, building yeah. it internally. Okay. I was like, wait, internally, yeah, yeah. internal thing. <laughs> got it, got it, got it. Okay, wow. Nicole, will you tell everybody where to get your book, Validation is for Parking? Because I have a feeling the sisters have been really resonating with this conversation when just Mads and I are having it internally, trying to swim our way through it and having you as an expert with all this research, these tangible takeaways. I know you gave us five really great ones for anyone who wants to buy the book and get even you know, b- you know, know, deeper into this work. Where can they buy it? So it's available on Amazon or Barnes and Noble. So just search it. You can also go to my website, NicoleCoyle.com and all the good stuff is there. And I want to just, and I noticed you guys curse. So I was great about that. There is cursing in the book. I call it a love story wrapped in a business book with cursing. <laughs> I love it. I we, love it. We are oh. cursing gals. So that that is fine. We are cursing gals. That's part of my authenticity. Yeah. Let's ask our last question oh, real yeah. quick before we let you go, Nicole. We ask every woman who comes on OK's podcast this question. If you could brag about one thing and you can't be humble, what would you brag about? Yeah, for me, it's writing this book. It's It's been on my bucket list my entire life. I'm an avid reader. I've always wanted to write a book. I always said bullshit things. Like I have so much respect for books. I'm going to do it the right way. What I will tell you that makes me proud of this book, even more than the book itself, is I literally had to exercise every single confidence builder in the face of every single confidence derailer 
I had to choose my tr- to trust myself in so many ways at so many times through the course of the 18 month journey to actually have a book. So I'm proud of the book. I wrote the best book I could at this point in my life, knowing what I know today. I'm sure there are going to be things that I wish I would have done differently or things that I'll learn. But what I'm most in, uh, proud of is the behind the scenes work that it took to do it. I would like to also say that you were one of the first women that answered that question without any pause. And with that, you were like, oh yeah, I'm writing my book. Of course, like, hello. And that shows your level of confidence. Like, honestly, I've never yeah. seen someone answer it so quickly. And that's incredible. Usually people stew over when it's like, no, no, no. I know what I'm, I know what I'm good at. I know what I did. Like, that is amazing. Sometimes we have to be like, Take your time. Take your time. And then we'll we sit. just sit and we'll watch sit. them and wait. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, that's an opportunity for all of us because I could tell you all the things that I'm not proud of or that I'm afraid of or whatever, but I could probably tell you three or four more things that I'm proud of pretty easily. I love that. I love so, that. Oh, yeah. such an inspiration. This was you have no idea how much I needed this conversation right now, like to be transparent, right? I told Nicole an email. I was like, I think Maddie needs this conversation. So it was perfect timing. Like I literally was crying right before this. So this was like the perfect installation and infusion that I needed uh, to get through the day. So thank you. Thank you so much. Well, let me remind you to trust yourself. You have absolutely no reason not to. And the only thing that's missing right now is the benefit of hindsight. Hindsight. Oh, I need to tattoo that onto my body. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll we think about, about that. We'll, we'll circle back to that. Okay, sisters, you can follow us on Instagram at OKSIS Podcast. We love you and we will see you next week. Love you.